Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning to everybody out there, wherever you are in the world, and welcome in to yet another episode of Buddhist Biohacker. Um, welcome to everybody who's joining in the live. Please feel free, as always, to utilize the comments section to ask questions, and I'd love to hear from you how you're feeling this week. We had a lot of frequency shifts last week, so I know everybody was feeling that, so I'd like to know if you're through it. Um, from our call yesterday, it sounds like a lot of you are still managing through different ascension symptoms, so we'd love to hear from you. And welcome to everybody who's listening later on audio. Don't forget we're on 10 audio platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, and we're now on Alexa. So you can actually ask Alexa to play Buddhist Biohacker, which is pretty awesome. And as always, I'm your host, Lisa Gunshore, and I'm very excited today. We have uh, two very special guests with us, um, Rachel and Angelica, who make up Soulful Veda, which has become a new Instagram and podcast that I'm just loving, loving. So welcome in, ladies, to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here and happy to dive into this conversation. Oh, I'm so excited. Welcome in, Angelica, to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited. And, you know, uh, there's so many places we can go with Ayurveda. And I think um, before we even get into that, I just want to start with how did you guys, how would you describe Soulful Veda and how did you get started? Let's start there <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> uh, I'll start with my story because it kind of links in with Rachel. So I was really looking for basically holistic health when I was trying to heal my own physical imbalances, uh, lack of period and irritable bowel syndrome. And I knew these two things were linked together, but I was going through um, a gastro doctor for my digestive issues and then had to go to OBGYN for that. And I just was like, but they're connected. Why isn't someone understand this? And that's what I was really seeking. And the, the word Ayurveda kept coming up for me. I did somewhat of an Ayurvedic cleanse in the past. And it just was so enamored by the name that I finally decided to pick up a book, read about it. And I was like, whoa, this is explaining everything that I've been seeking, that there's a mind, body, soul connection, and there's a root cause to the symptoms. I don't want to put a Band-Aid on these symptoms that keep popping up, but I want to get down to the root of why were they first occurring in the first place. And then that just, I have a very fiery personality. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, become an Ayurvedic practitioner. That makes sense. Um, but I just was so passionate about it. And the call was so deep that I knew that was the right call for me. So I became and went to school to get certified as an Ayurvedic health counselor. And when I was in my internship, first doing consultations, uh, my beautiful, one of my first clients was Rachel. She actually used to come and take my yoga class all the time. That's how we had met. And I was talking about Ayurveda in my yoga class. She comes up to me after class. She's like, what was that word you were saying? And I loved the theme of your class today made so much sense. And I'm actually trying to heal some other imbalances that's going on in my body at the time. She was suffering from heartburn and insomnia and a, a lot of burnout in her work. And we uh, sat down and had dinner together and she signed up for one-on-one -on -one consultations with me. And on the drive home, I'll never forget. I that was the, I didn't realize this was a connection to my guides at the time, but now looking back, I'm very clear audience audience. Mm -hmm. And that's a gift that's very strong in me. So um, I hear what my guides say. And they said, this is a really important relationship for you. Who knows? You may be business partners with her one day, which is so wild to think back on now. Um, but yeah, I'll let Rachel kind of chime in here on 
her part of the story. Yeah. So for me, finding Angelica was a godsend because the years prior to that, I was on this seeking mission and I'm very fiery as well. So you name something, I had tried it for my inflammation. I had random hives. My blood work kept coming back normal. And so my immediate reaction to that was like, it must be food. It must be diet. So every diet under the sun, I have tried it. (laughs) I've tried crazy exercise plans. And when I started working with Angelica and learning about Ayurveda, it was almost like she was speaking a language that I already knew and just hadn't heard in a really long time. And everything started to click. And not just on the mental level, but on the physical level as well, where after a few weeks, I saw crazy progress in things that had been plaguing me and taunting me for years. I was like, wow, I I don't have this heartburn anymore and I can sleep. And all these pieces started to fall into place. And a few months later, I began to make the physical and the spiritual connection where I began to realize like, hey, I like my job. It's great, but I actually feel called to do something else. And Ayurveda has been so transformative for me that I want to share it with other people. So there's the second part of the story, which is long and how Angelica and I started with a retreat that we just mainly did for fun and it morphed into cooking classes. And I remember we were sitting down and creating personalized essential oils and we just kind of looked at each other at the same time. We're like, what if this was our work? What if we got to do this all the time and continue to make people feel like this and share the science that has been so impactful for us? And so that's what we did. And it happened pretty quickly. Our first event together was in May. And by September, we had quit our full-time jobs and we're starting starting Soulful and sharing this with the world and doing all the things that we do today. So it happened pretty quickly once we decided. And I feel like it always happens like that. When you have that intuitive hit, it's like, yep, it's clear. We know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I love, you know, I don't know that any of us that find Ayurveda don't have some kind of chronic issue that we're trying to figure out. It seems like, you know, and and I wonder too, I'm not an astrologer, um, but I've done some amateur looking at, you know, the a lot of us that have the planet Neptune somewhere in our health has this elusive confusing health issue. And we find our way to Ayurveda because it does in fact bring balance. So I, I am not joyful that you guys had to deal with that, but I love hearing that because I think for me too, I mean, I had all these strange and peculiar inflammation and autoimmune things that were popping up and, and Ayurveda just kept becoming the solution. Every time I went to fix something, it was like, Oh, here's another reason to use these tools, which is what led me there as well. So I love hearing that. And I'm really curious. So I want to dive into the Lightworker Society and have you explain what that is. Because one of the things that really stood out, I mean, there's lots, and we can get into this because Ayurveda is kind of going mainstream and we can talk about that too. But what really stands out for me with the two of you and the work that you're doing is the direct link of the spiritual and the physical. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what the Lightworker Society is and how that relates to the work you're doing with health. Well, I love that point that you just brought up because you were talking about you have, like we have these shadows because we have to integrate them in order to experience the light of it. So it's like, yeah, it's suffering and it can be challenging at times, but it's actually how we're able to get into the light. And that's why I love calling our society like the light worker society, because I truly believe that that is part of the process of just integrating the shadows so that you can bring them into light. And what we really believe is that 
the root cause of imbalances and disease is disconnecting from your spirit. This doesn't mean people are broken and dis and uh, the spirit is pure, but it's just that we lose that connection. And so this membership was really us getting back to what our soul really wants um, and finding that fuel and that harmony. And the best way we can do that is in community because when you're on this spiritual journey and you're doing it alone, as Rachel and I have both found, it's lonely and you feel like, you know, everyone's going against you and you're the only one doing this. And there's so much uh, ego deaths that happen that it's so important that you're being seen and heard and recognized as you go through these ego deaths and that you have someone who's holding your hand and supporting you. So it actually came because we wanted our own community and we wanted to build that for ourselves. We wanted our own best friends in the spirituality realm. And, and, and that's what, and that's what we got to. And we love guiding and teaching. And that's, that's a huge forefront of it. And I want to add that I think just out in the market, we tend to westernize things that we learn from Eastern and ancient cultures. So my first inclination when learning Ayurveda, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of other people who learn holistic sciences, was I tried to make it very linear. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. It's a pitta imbalance. These are the foods that I'm allowed to eat. This is the way that I'm allowed to exercise. And the deeper I went with my studies, the more I realized that so much of what was happening with me actually had nothing to do with the food. I was a clean eater. I was already very athletic. So much of it were these mental, emotional, and spiritual imbalances. And what we saw at the time when we created the Lightworker Society is that people weren't talking about that because it's the stuff that's harder to look at. And it's a little more obscure and subtle. So people don't totally understand it as easy as, oh, you have inflammation. Okay. You should eat greens. Right. And so it's, we wanted to take people into the depth. And that's something that Angelica and I are so passionate about our Scorpio moons is we love this deep transformation. <laughs> we want to take people into the depth. We're like, okay, we're not, we're going to talk about food, but we also want to talk about all of the other things. We want to make sure that all of you is seen and has the chance to be healed. So that was part of the intention as well as we thought that something was missing in the sphere that we were looking at. I love that. And I am a Scorpio, so I love hearing the Scorpio oh, moons. I'm Scorpios. like, oh, this is why I'm so connected to you guys. I'm <laughs> with you. I mean, I, I, I love that. And it is so important, you know, my own journey, um, it started in 2011 with parasites and what the parasites really represented and what part of my energy I was really giving away. Um, it had, at the end of the day, it had nothing to do um, with taking herbs to kill parasites. It had so much more to do with how my whole life was set up at the time and what was happening with my energy. So I love what you're bringing up because you, you know, I heard something the other day that I really loved in an Ayurveda class that I'm in um, where they said, you know, self-love is the keystone to healing and that there is no medicine or allopathic system, any kind of Ayurveda system that will work without the self-love. And that really, I mean, it almost made me cry in the class when I heard it because it's so true. I mean, self-love and, and like you're saying, to integrate the shadow and really love the shadow parts of ourselves and what our physical bodies are actually teaching us about being human. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about self-love. Yeah, I think it's something that has challenged us both. Um, 
we're very independent and very critical ourselves, at least we were. And so it's been a long journey to get to this place where we can really cultivate self-love too. And I think we live in a culture where that's not prioritized and that's not valued. Things that are valued are your productivity, how much you're worth, the power that you have, and shift into placing your priority on how much you can love yourself and experience inner peace and positivity within your thoughts and your mind. It's, it's just a, a shift that's against the, the common narrative. Right. And so for me, it's taken a lot of practice and Angelica and I signed up for a, a program in, I think 2019, the end of 2019, it started. And it was funny that it was actually a business program. We were beginning our business. We wanted support. We wanted mentors, but there was a mentor in there, uh, Alyssa Nobrega, who I love, but she's a mindset coach and that's what she does. And that work was so transformative. And it's like, oh, you sign up for what you think you want. And then they give you what you need. And that was just such an eye opener for me to see all of the ways that my own thoughts, my own beliefs were putting me in a super limiting box. And the moment we could bring awareness to those and start to shift them into different beliefs, like things became limitless and things continue to be limitless as I continue to do that work. So it's been so crucial for us, not only in our business, but also in our health journeys and emotional journeys. Yeah. And I think Ayurveda is just like, we always talk about Ayurveda as a mother and just total self-love and compassion. That's really a journey too when you go into Ayurveda because when you learn Ayurveda, you learn that each person is given a, a unique mind-body type. And when you first learn that, you're like, wow, like someone is seeing me and hearing me in my wholeness. I'm not just some diagnosis and we're just going to group together all the IBS people over here. It's like, no, you are a real person and you have different attributes to yourself. And being able to understand that and then fully accept that was like, oh my, it was just everything. And then from there, you get this personalized journey of like what, of course, diet and herbs can support you and how you can release these emotions and all that type of stuff. But I think really being seen and heard in that unique way was the antithesis of the self-love journey in Ayurveda. And there's so much more too. I mean, all the practices of just finding more stillness and like the practice of Abhyanga is this self oil massage and it yes it cleanses the tissues of the body and nourishes all tissues of the body but just the act of touching your body and massaging your body and taking the time for yourself when i first did this practice i remember doing it in my room and being like oh my god if someone walked in here i would feel so guilty for taking this time for myself like what a luxurious experience i'm doing here right now like i don't have time for this i should be working i should be doing that and it seems silly now to think of that mindset but that truly was where i started and that is just, again, the tip of the iceberg of all these practices that Ayurveda has to just totally love and nourish yourself. It's so true. I love that you bring up Abhyanga because I've, I've been practicing Abhyanga for about 10 years and there's no, nothing better, nothing more nourishing, nothing more incredible. And like you said, it's an opportunity to connect with the body. And I think there's a real connection between light workers. And, and healers and spiritual beings. And they're not being in the body. They're not wanting to be in the body. And so there's this incredible gift with Ayurveda because it's inviting you to be in your body. And it's actually giving you permission to be in the body and it's grounding you in the body. And I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that because it seems like Ayurveda is absolutely a vehicle for us to bring this light 
into a physical body and to form on the planet rather than having it linger out here where we're not really connected. Uh, they're speaking our language so much. This is something that we've really been noticing in our community a lot. And we've definitely fallen into this trap of wanting to, for example, work in the upper chakras and like meditate and astral project and be out of the body. It's fun to do that type of thing. But if you're not here, you're here on earth planet for a reason to do your work, to embody it, to feel it in your body. What is, are my emotions telling me? My body is actually my vehicle for my intuition. Yes, my third eye, but it begins in the root chakra. So we really believe in tuning into the body and what does it feel like listening to the messages. And that truly is the foundation of Ayurveda. Yes, there's an intuitive template to follow. However, if you don't understand what your body is trying to tell you, that's the first call. Like you mentioned before, I you had your chronic conditions and the parasite, that was your body telling you. And if you ignore that, and if, if you just go to someone outside of yourself, who's just going to tell you the answers and what they think you should do, it's going against your intuition. So that's first and foremost is just tuning into your body. And then, yes, it's so cool that these practices are very like earthy and connecting you back into it because uh, that is, the, yeah, that that's where healing is, is grounding down first before you can activate all the other chakras, which is also we work with Kundalini energy. That's the type of yoga that we use, especially in our lightworker society. And in order to activate this Kundalini energy, you have to start in the root chakra. You can't start in the upper chakras. So until you begin to unblock and heal the lower chakras, then that Kundalini energy can ascend. And then you can have more of those transcendental experiences and experiencing the bliss of um, living out of your third eye. Yeah. And personally, I want to add to this. Um, I actually just had a conversation yesterday on our podcast with someone talking about the metaverse and about where things are going. And he was really excited for it. And he's like, this is the future and everyone get, needs to get in on this. And I see Ayurveda being such a crucial part of that and helping people return to their body. So if we do end up living in this virtual reality all day and who knows what it'll look like, right? But we go to work, we put the glasses on and we're very much in our heads and our minds and our sight. Ayurveda teaching us how to get back into the body, how to use all of the senses, how to ground into our being so that, you know, you don't have a lot of the upper chakra imbalances that can happen if that's how we're going to spend most of our days in the, you know, maybe near future with that coming. So. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, there's such a, a the, the combination of technology and, and I keep going back to this like key phrase of the ancient future because it seems like we're taking this Atlantean technology and, and genetic transformation and mutation and all these things. And all of that to me is a very old Atlantean energy and we're yeah. bringing it into this present moment, but we're also in, incorporating these ancient techniques um, that are really embodiment practices, like you're saying, to ground you. So I love what you're saying, because yeah, we we want to be in the body. and. One of the things that's come up for me so much in my meditations is this need to anchor light in the body um, mm -hmm. in order to help with the earth frequencies. So, you know, that again goes back to these practices like Abhyanga to me is one of the most important practices to bring light into the body, to connect with your tissues, to be able to ground out these frequencies that are coming onto our earth right now and need to hold us in place. And 
And my question for you guys is, or, or what I'd love to get your thoughts around with that is I've also noticed like, you know, Vata is a journey anyways, but there's, an, to me, there's excessive Vata imbalance right now because of what's happened with the pandemic, because of the collective trauma on the planet, because everybody is in fight or flight right now. And so I'm noticing that Vata has become everyone's journey to be able to calm their nervous system, come into the body. And again, like you're saying, the 90s and, and 2000s was all let's get out of the body. And I feel like now it's like, wait a minute, we've gone way too far over there. And now we've got to get in the body. So I don't know that I have a question so much as I'd just love to hear you guys' thoughts on all of that. Yeah, I think it's so true what you said about the pandemic. And it's interesting because when we think about it, you think about being confined to our homes and clearing our calendars. That feels as though it should be a really grounding time. But I think for a majority of us, myself included, what was really easy to do is create extra projects or spend more time on social media, tune in more to the news. And you have more social platforms like TikTok that I love to lose myself in and things like that, where unless you are really conscious about how you were spending that time, you are always on. But instead of being on in the body where you're moving to work and you're moving to your social engagement and you're sitting at dinner with people, now it's all happening through the screen. And I think there's that mobility, that subtlety that happens that really can aggravate Bata. And that's what we're starting to see and feel the impact of. And I think along with, there's that piece. And then the second thing is a lot of the things that came to light over the last few years, a lot of injustices, which I think it's incredible that now the world can see those things on a grander scale, but on the other side of the coin, we're starting to see every single negative event that is happening in the world and not as much of the positive things. And when you think about Vata and the energy of Vata, it's where that emotion of fear lives. And so when you start to get bombarded with these negative things that are happening out in the world, even if they are thousands of miles away from us, even if they have nothing to do with us, our body is still reacting with that fear. Our mind doesn't know the difference between what's right in front of us and what's thousands of miles away and actually not going to impact us. And so we haven't learned yet how to digest properly all of the fear that's coming in. And so I think that's what we're learning to do now and more people are starting to realize, A, that they are in that, that state of chronic fear or anxiety and B, okay, I have to do something about this and here's what I do about it. And so that's really exciting to me that people are waking up and seeing that. And I think that's often why the pendulum swings the way it does. It's like, okay, we're over here in one extreme. Now we're over here. And slowly we start to understand where middle and balance is. So I hope that that means in the future we're, we're making our way toward that more center line. And in Ayurveda and in the ancient texts, they say that about 90% of all diseases can be related to a, um, a vata imbalance. So for listeners who may not know what a vata imbalance is, it's feeling that anxiousness, it's rooted in fear, coldness, dryness of skin can lead to constipation, uh, bloating, gas, any type of disease in the central nervous system these type of things can happen from a vata imbalance. And so it is so important to ground down and come back into the body. And it's interesting too, because when we're talking about that, like excessiveness and fastness, like you kind of picture a person who's just kind of like running erratically around the kitchen all the time, which can definitely be a vata imbalance, but it can also be someone who feels stuck. 
And it's not that they're lazy. It's that's also rooted in fear. Um, Cause sometimes the mind is moving so fast, but it's like the body is like gotten to the point where it's just like stuck. It can't move anymore because the mind is just going crazy. So know that there's also kind of two sides of that coin. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, I'm curious what you guys think um, because I've, I've watched, and I know you have, Ayurveda shift more into the mainstream. I mean, it's really start, which is really exciting in so many ways, um, but it's really shifting into this mainstream languaging where a lot of people at least know what it is. And so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about where Ayurveda is today and, and what you're excited about and, and what you're seeing with Ayurveda as a practice. Um, I can start. So one thing that I'm seeing, and this is outside of Ayurveda, but a big trend is people starting to become more self-aware and with that wanting to be able to label themselves in different ways. So for example, the explosion of human design and the explosion of astrology is a mainstream thing. I think that's people starting to become more self-aware and being like, okay, how can I bucket myself so that I can better understand my processes, how I think, how I feel, what's going on with me. And those systems help give a language to that. And what I would love to see happen with Ayurveda is it kind of follows that, that same route. And that's what I'm starting to see. People are connecting with the doshas like, oh, I'm so vata or that's so kapha of you, which is really <laughs> fun in, on one hand. Um, but I think we also need to preserve the integrity of the science and that every single person is an individual. And so we love talking about the doshas. It's super fun. But also getting people to understand that the whole purpose of Ayurveda as a science is to help you understand who you are. And you have these beautiful guidelines that will help you get optimal health and create an optimal environment for your health. But ultimately, ultimately, like Angelica was saying, Ayurveda is that mother. So she tends to you and then she wants you to tend to yourself. So what I see is people using Ayurveda as a way to connect to their intuition and eventually start to realize, okay, this is how I feel and it means this for me. And this is what I'm craving and here's why. And here are the rhythms of my life and the seasons that surround me based on where I live and what's going on with me. And now I have this entire toolbox of things that I can use based on the qualities and the energies that I'm experiencing. So for me, that would be the most amazing end goal of Ayurveda is that it would be a common household name and people can start to name their experiences as qualities like, oh, I'm feeling super stuck. I'm feeling heavy. I have this cold and all of these things are connected to this kapha energy. And here's here's what I would love. Here's what I need to do in order to get out of that and to start feeling the way I want to be feeling. So that's what I would that's what I'm hoping to see. I don't know if that's the path we're on, but <laughs> it's the ideal. <laughs> Yeah, I always question this because it's interesting to think like we're, you know, in our bubble right now of this is what I see. And in the Ayurveda channel, I mean, we follow a million different Ayurveda accounts because we love connecting with that community. But from what I've seen, how it's been in the past is Ayurveda was passed down in a more masculine structured way where it's like, eat this, don't eat that. And this is what the ancient texts say, and it's very, very specific. And while I think that could definitely serve its purpose, like Rachel was saying, it kind of goes against your intuition at times, because truly that information has to come from you, and then you validate your experience, which mm -hmm. if we look back in any of the Veda texts, that is one of um, even the Yoga Sutras. It says that you have to validate it through your own 
experience that you can learn all the knowledge, highest knowledge, but unless you validate it through your own experience, if you embody it and really feel it in your body, then it's not true. It's you have to, yeah, have that piece. So I feel really strongly about that. And I do see this more feminine form of Ayurveda emerging. And it's really cool to see their schools that are starting to follow it. This is what Rachel and I are starting to really um, bring about with our Ayurveda community is that, yes, there's this intuitive template that you learn and a system that can guide you as the backbone, but it supports your own inner knowing. It validates, oh yeah, of course, I was already practicing Ayurveda in this way. Let me lean into that. So that can expand and become more of my current reality. And then I can start to break away all that other stuff that like wasn't really supporting my intuition. So I would love this feminine form to emerge that like Rachel was saying, it supports their intuition um, and letting go more of like the dogma behind it. And it's a study. It's um, it, it's like a tipping scale thing. Like you really have to tread lightly so that you don't, you really respect the knowledge and you preserve its ancient lineage. But at the same time, when the training wheels need to be let off, you can let the training wheels let off and, and use your intuition in that way. And I think I would love to see it more in the Western world coming together. I always pictured like Ayurvedic practitioners, like in a, always having the Ayurvedic practitioner on deck at whatever um, medical facility that you have and then working together to create a plan because it is a lot of preventative medicine and Western medicine is so amazing because once you get to a certain point, you need Western medicine. But if we could gather in those people who can still heal their bodies with preventative medicine, that would just change a lot of the world. My gosh. Well, you're definitely activating me. I also, my, my first um, wellness coach certificate with Ayurveda is also feminine form. And mm. that was definitely one of my questions. So we lead right into it because I would love to talk more about what feminine form is for everybody who's watching. Cause I'm, I'm so with you. Like for me, it's about intuitive diet and really going back to even what we were saying about the Vata imbalance, it feels like our goal is really mindfulness of the body. It's really connecting with our body and understanding what it needs and learning how to navigate the, the subtle information that we're receiving to be able to take better care of ourselves. And, you know, it's funny because even though my show's Buddhist biohacker, I changed the word last year to biotransformation because I felt like biohacking, I'm all for it, by the way, I love biohacking, but it's a very masculine term, even to hack, you know, I mean, it's a very masculine term and it's also a very masculine world. And I'm, I'm just as passionate as you ladies. And the more I'm talking to you, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so aligned in what we think because, you know, I wanted to change it to biotransformation because to me, that's the more feminine form. We're really transforming our biology with how we're taking care of ourselves, how we're eating, how we're living, um, you know, how we're showing ourselves in the world versus, you know, hacking and cutting and, and, and treating, which is a lot of what allopathic medicine is and a lot of the masculine form. And so that feminine form in this world where we're going into the age of Aquarius in the next few hundred years, like it feels like that hopefully is the natural progression of where Ayurveda goes. And certainly seeing it, like you said, there's schools and teachers and, and all of us that are coming out saying we're operating in feminine form Ayurveda. You know, we're not just 
operating in this one system, but we're utilizing our intuition and incorporating the spiritual practices that were so much a part of the Vedic scriptures. Definitely. And you have to think in ancient times, we used to be ruled by the moon calendar until I think it was the uh, Julius Caesar who came and then he changed it to a calendar that was ruled by the sun. And then that was really where we saw the shift from uh, feminine to masculine. But if you think back to those old times, the feminine energy was ruling all these ancient cultures and they were the ones who were the knowers. And when they had their moon cycles, uh, their periods, they would go into tents and it was seen as such a sacred time because they're very highly intuitive when they get your period of women. I know that seems crazy if you have PMS symptoms, but if you do feel balanced with your moon cycle, try testing out your intuition during this time because it's really heightened. And so back then they would keep themselves intense because that is when they would need the knowledge for the, how they're going to guide their whole tribe for the rest of the month. They would get the insights. They would get the intuitive downloads. So that's truly where we see intuition coming from. And when we talk about connecting back to the physical body and intuitive eating, it's tricky. You can't just start like, oh, I'm going to intuitive eat. You need the backbone. You need the system for sure. There has to be a clearing. There has to be a release of these old identities, um, these old habits that you have. But it also, at the same time with that, you're just getting back to the truth of who you are. I really see the intuition connecting to the sacral chakra a lot, too, uh, mm-hmm. especially that feminine intuition, because that is where we begin to experience pleasure and joy and flow state. And that is a lot of what the feminine energy is. And feminine does not mean that it's gender specific- specified. Um, we all have feminine and masculine energies within us. Now, under the lens of Ayurveda, like I said, the the core of it is just using your intuition and using your body to understand what are the signs that it's telling me, how can I heal from that, and then connecting and in your own unique way. So for it, connecting your intuition is going to feel different for everyone. That could be going out in nature, that could be meditating, and then actually receiving downloads. So an example that I actually had recently, I had COVID last week, and I had, I was really connecting with my guides and it was a time really to go inward. And it's kind of crazy. They showed me a lot of like supplements and a lot of fruit that they wanted me to take like on specific days. And I swear I, I, in like three days, I like got rid of COVID. I never actually had any symptoms manifest. So I think that that could be the future of where it is when you really connect to your intuition, that it's just supposed to be simple and easy. Like it can come right through, come right through to you, but obviously I've learned a system, I've practiced this, I've gotten certified in it, and now I'm able to let the training wheels off in that way. I also see the power shifting where before there was always this more hierarchical way of learning. So there's teacher and you depend on the teacher, or if you're someone who has an imbalance, you're looking for your healer and you're entrusting your healing journey to them. And I think now that we're in this information age, we demand transparency as a consumer. And so people no longer come to us like, hey, I have this autoimmune disease and I want you to tell me the things I need to do to to heal it. People are so curious, like, okay, well, what is the what are you doing and what's behind this? And Angelica and I love to teach that. That's why we're content creators. We love to share it on our podcast. We love to share it in courses and our membership all over our Instagram. It's because we want you to know these things too. We don't want to hold all of this information in for ourselves. We want you to be able to actually use it and to understand it. And most importantly, to feel empowered by it. And I think that's a shift that's happening right now across all industries, but it's really beautiful that it's happening here and allowing this feminine form to take place 
where it's like, I'm holding nothing back from you. I'm giving it all, opening my heart. And then you get to choose what you want to do with that. Mm -hmm. That's beautifully said. And I love what you said about the sacral chakra, because the sacral chakra is, you know, really, it's the space where the empath lives, you know, just like you're saying, and, and there's a lot of people experiencing blocks in that area with their sexuality, you know, with their cycles, with their feelings and their emotions, and it gets all blocked up. So I love that you brought that up because it's definitely, again, there's a focus up here and we forget that actually these lower chakras, that's where the empowerment and the courage comes from. That's where the empathic and intuitive self comes from. And that's where the, the grounding and embodiment comes from. So it's really important that we're down there rather than up here. I think that's been my theme and it sounds like yours as well. And and also, I'd love to talk, you'd mentioned the content creation. So I'd love to talk a little bit about, you do have a Divine Feminine Ayurveda course that I saw or program online. I'd love for you to share with everybody a little bit about what that is and how they can access that. Yeah. So this is the, I think, fourth or fifth time we've run this program. And it's our why was really what I just shared, which was wanting to teach people the why behind what they're doing and to learn Ayurveda at a level where when they leave our care and our mentorship, say five years from now, they have a different imbalance, but they understand the foundation of the science and the elements and the doshas at a level where they can look at what's going on and say, ah, I actually know what I can do here. And so what we did in this program is one, it's it's just all of our favorite things. So we're obsessed with Ayurveda, with yoga, with Vedic astrology. And so we brought them all together and we put them into a program where we, we use the chakras as a foundation to start working with the body. And then once the body's feeling clean and good, like, okay, now how do we work with the upper chakras and your relationships with your self-esteem and then with your voice and your unique gifts. And so it's not just a journey of health. It's a journey of transformation, which I said earlier, we love because everything is interconnected. And when your body feels good, your relationships feel good, then your money starts to feel good. Then your Dharma becomes clear and all of these pillars of your life can rise at once. And it's amazing. You just focus on one and the energy and alignment that you get from that starts to play out in every single aspect of your life. And so this program, while we focus a lot on the health aspect and teaching you Ayurveda, it's really all of the things, which is our favorite and helping people go deep, excavate all of the crap and clean it out with things that you actually want to have in here and in order to create the experience that you really want. And another thing I've really realized with healing is that, especially when we're learning this feminine form, it's so important to be around a like-minded community. And we tend to attract women for this reason, because we're so much more powerful together when we come together. And when you are outing your shadows, it's so much more powerful when you do it in a community because you're being seen and heard and you're not hiding anymore because it's so different whether like that first time that you share something really vulnerable with a friend and you're like, okay, it's a sigh of relief. But when you share it and you're not afraid to share it and have the courage to say it in a group of people, then you're completely outing that shadow and you completely up level and integrate it so much more. And just the support and nourishment about being in a group is just so special. It's something that Rachel and I are actually in our own memberships right now because we need that support and yeah, it's just unmatched. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, community is absolutely everything. And um, one of my Ayurveda professors in the last couple of years, she always would remind us that our cells are actually a community of cells. And so I'm with you, like, um, you know, community is absolutely everything. It's and and especially now with the isolation that everyone's been feeling, I think, you know, I keep hearing from my team, like, the, the, the hermited healer that time's over. Like mm -hmm. there's no more, you know, as much as I love my witch in the cottage analogy, <laughs> like there's really no more of that. You know, it's really about all of us coming together and kind of gathering and bringing our energy together yes. and sharing with each other and celebrating that we all are like-minded rather than being in these little pods kind of by ourselves. So it's interesting to me how, you know, COVID created all of our micro communities versus isolating us, even though that is in fact what it did on a physical plane. So it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. And one of my Vedic astrology teachers actually says that this year in April, when Jupiter moves into Pisces, it's going to be that time for those who associate with being a light worker or a healer to come out into the light. Like you're going to be supported now and it's, it's really time and your time to be on stage and to let that shine. Oh, I love hearing that so much. Oh my God. I love that. So what do you guys have in store for this year? I mean, you have your podcast, which I love and everybody who's on Instagram, go follow Soulful Veda on Instagram. I really love your Instagram and um, have been able to connect with a lot of different Ayurveda practitioners through what you post and share on there. So that's been really great. Um, but yeah, what do you guys have in store this, the rest of this year? And uh, you know, there's so much stuff on your website. You have so much great stuff going on. So, you know, what do you want to share or talk about? So our biggest thing is the divine feminine Ayurveda program that we have coming up that we just talked about. So that starts in February. So soon. So next week and our, love and attention and devotion is going to just be poured into that program. Um, and beyond that, always just growing the Lightworker Society in the community. We love that group. And it's been amazing to see them grow over, it's you know been about a year since, or two years, I guess, since we started it. And just watching people expand in that community and come together, make real life friendships has been amazing. Um, and then we also have a secret project happening behind the scenes right now. We're not allowed to talk about, but um, <laughs> that will be happening this year. So um, if you love content from us, this will be a lot of content from us. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things. So just redoing a lot of the programs we've had going on in the past and just continuing to up-level them and allow them to change as we change and we take on new beliefs and bring in new knowledge, um, which is really fun. And we always love to grow right alongside our community. Yes. And we also do Reiki trainings. We do them periodically, uh, Reiki one and two, and then we also do Reiki masters. So if we have, you can get on our wait list if you go to our website. Uh, we don't have those dates projected just yet. But again, any type of ancient healing system we love. And it's just something that's really fun for us to do. And thank you so much for your sweet and generous words about our Instagram and our content. It's so beautiful to be seen by others. Oh, I love that. You know what? It's true. It, 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 I don't think a lot of people pay attention. And I can't help but like I'm definitely a marketer at heart. I love all the creative parts of it. So I can't help but notice when somebody's doing it right. So and mm -hmm. and I really do. I mean, that was part of why I asked you guys to be here because your Instagram is just really um 
very resourceful and very connected with lots of good people. And I think that's really important. Like you said, it's community, you know, it's, it's important for us to have community and to be able to find people that we trust through other people that we trust. I think that's really important. So. Yeah. And I'm sure you found this on your podcast as well, but it's been so fun to spend time with people that otherwise you'd maybe only have a teacher student relationship or you'd hear them talk on a bigger scale, but to spend an hour with people and just sit with them, soak in their wisdom and be in their energy has just been one of our favorite things at Soulful. So, you know, the podcast will continue, even if <laughs> it's a labor of love forever, it will be our true love. So it's so fun and the biggest community builder. Yeah. Podcasts are the best. Like you said, you get to share space with all sorts of different people and learn about who they are and what they are. So it's awesome. Well, my, my final question for you guys today, really, I was thinking about it and I was like, what do I really want to know? And I think what I want to know is after your trainings and working with clients and doing podcasts and all of these things, you know, what does Ayurveda really mean to you today? Like in this present moment, what does it mean for you right now? I see Ayurveda as a compass. I often talk about my intuition as my golden compass. And I see Ayurveda as a compass as well. It's something that is always guiding me and it's a light, but it feels more integrated and a, and a part of me. So I guess it's hard to almost sometimes see it even as separate because I, I feel like it's so much deeply embedded within me and everything that I do. So uh, it's a true relationship that I have that I feel like is source within me, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Angelica and I was on the same wavelength. I was going to use the word filter because I feel like Ayurveda allows me to filter things in my life and better understand them. And again, this is a language specific to me. Maybe it's not for everyone, but to look at something and to understand the energies and the qualities of it and to know how to balance it using the opposing energies and qualities, like that's the gift that Ayurveda has given me. And I love to keep things simple and work at that foundational fundamental level. And that's that's for me what Ayurveda is. I love it. I'm putting your website up on the screen here. So if you guys want to... Um, find Soulful Veda, that is their website, soulfulveda.com. And of course, they're at Instagram and that's going along the bottom. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to be with me today. And I hope you come back and we can talk more, yes. get really deep into biotransformation and um, you know, really, I'm, I'm big into the genetics piece. So the Janma Prakruti is my mm baby. So um, we'll have to dive into that um, later this year if you guys are willing to come back because I really appreciate your energy. And I think it's really, really important. And I want an exclamation point for everybody who's watching um, that you're incorporating both spiritual and physical because you really do have to have both. And I love all of we got some great love from the audience. Thank you from Danielle and Denise. Hi, lovely. Oh. And Anita, we love you too. She says, can't wait to check out your website. So so, sweet. Yeah. Thank you guys thank so you. much. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Like what an easeful conversation and just to see what you're all about and the wealth of knowledge that you have on these Vedic sciences too, is just, it's the best. So thank you. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm excited to to just know you and connect with you and, and we can continue to explore how we can work together with all of our communities, bring them all together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. 100%. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's watched today. Um, so much love to all of you. We'll be back um, on tomorrow uh, evening 
I had to think about that for a minute, um, with Denise Maple, who is so awesome. And she's one of the members of the Ajata Casa community. So we're really excited to have her on. And um, I did, everyone who's asking for the 1111 activation, it is up on my YouTube channel. So you just have to go over um, and it should be on the homepage. So <laughs> all of you were, everybody was excited. Um, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. Thank you so thank much you. for being on, ladies. I really thank you. appreciate you. Of Thanks course. for having us. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.